Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dafa Shavua as we study Mesechus Yuvamos Daf Tess. We're getting deep into some serious uh, Yuvamos issues. I try on this year not just to deal with Yuvamos issues, but to raise questions uh, halachalamasa. I want to deal with something in the in the spirit of the three weeks that we're now in, where we try to emphasize the values of Ben Almachavero. We have many different uh, reasons that are given for the Chorban of the Bayis, Bayis Rishon, Bayis Sheni. Most famous, of course, is the destruction of Bayis Sheni relating to Sinas Chinam. But there happen to be many, many more reasons given in the Gemara Masechus Yoma, the Pesikta Te'icha. But with that in mind, there's a shocking statement that you could miss in this Gemara because it doesn't seem to be the most important line but especially during the three weeks, we shouldn't miss these lines. Levi, who is a Talmud of Rebbe, Amale Levi Lerabi. Levi says to Rebbe, and the discussion over here is relating to the number of Arayas. We discussed this back in the beginning of Meseches Yuvamas. The list of 15 women who would exempt their Tzreros, their co-wives, from Yibum and from Chalitza. So within this discussion, Rebbe gives a suggestion that perhaps there should have been 16 such women mentioned in the Mishnah. And before we go through the whole analysis, look what Rebbe says. It seems that he, meaning Levi, has no brain in his head, that he's brain dead. What exactly is going on over here? Now, we know that Levi is one of Rebbe's disciples, one of his Talmidim. We know that he was a great Rav. So what exactly is happening over here? I saw a discussion on this topic in the insights into Maseches Giddin, where a, a similar expression is used with different uh, figures, from Rev Yashiv. Rev Yashiv has a long analysis of it. He quotes our exact Gemara, and he sends us to, I'd say, a relatively famous tshuva of the Chavos Yair. The Chavos Yair discusses a number of these cases. And I want to try to give a, a hashkafa as well as some of the halacha to this. Now, the Chavos Yair was uh, one of the great, great poskim that we have. And his insights are not only halachic, but hashkafic as well. The, the basis of the question, at least according to the Chavos Yair, is what happens to all the teachings that we have in Chazal, going back actually to Koheles, that even from an educational pr- perspective, it's only... Dvarim, only things that are said calmly and softly that are appreciated. So what are we doing over here? What's Rebbe trying to accomplish in his teaching of Levi? I'm happy to send the entire very long tshuva to anyone uh, who wants to see it. I just want to read to you the Chavos Yaretz and Simon Kufnun Beis, because someone asked him this question, and I love the way he responds to the question, She'ila Nishalti. That's the Pasuk that he's quoting from Kohelas. And he goes on to say that it's an excellent question. 
I think the point over here is we shouldn't think that if we see something in the Gemara that bothers us, there's something wrong with it. So ironically, the Chavos Yair, in this question, which is about being kind, he goes out of his way to be kind. I don't think it's an irony. I think it's part of his educational approach. And he ends up dealing with a lot of cases. In fact, Rebel Yashif points out that there are certain cases that he doesn't address that also need to be analyzed. And the justification or the explanation is going to be, if I could summarize all the different approaches within the Chavos Yar, it basically comes down to four approaches. And I'm also adding to this, the Chavos Yar doesn't, ex- doesn't quote this extensive, extensively, is something from the Chavetz Chaim. He does mention the Chavetz Chaim, but I think a more expansive discussion of the Chavetz Chaim is in a footnote that I came across in the Bermayim Chaim. And let me give you a little bit of a background of what's happening over here. First of all, the Chavos Yar, I should just mention, because I don't usually quote him, Rav Yar Chaim ben Moshe Bachrach, who was a German Rav in the 17th century, studied in uh, many yeshivas in Germany, had challenging uh, life as a Rav. But Chavos Yair is his great contribution, one of his great contributions that we have. So the first thing that he says, and I'm going to use Rebel Yasha for this as well, as well as something that I generally learned from my Rebbe, is that you have to find an answer to this question in the Rambam's Hilchos Talmud Torah, also brought down in the Shulchan Aruch Yerodea, Perik Dalet Halachahe. What's happening there is the Rambam is discussing, and it's really based on the Gemara and Ksubis, but let's focus on the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, that if a Rav sees that a Talmud is misrashlin, bedivrei Torah, is not applying himself in words of Torah, misrapin aleihem, then chayiv lirgoz aleihem alachlimon, then the Rebbe has a responsibility to display anger. This is the formulation of the Rambam. The Shulchan Aruch says basically to be angry, but I think it's important to, to read the Rambam's formulation, which is consistent with the Ram Hilas Deos, Bey's Gimel, that a person sometimes has to act in an angry way to get people to behave properly. doesn't mean that they're actually angry. In fact, we're not supposed to act when we're angry. The Shulchan Aruch doesn't disagree with this, but the Shulchan Aruch, I wouldn't make the same diuk in the Lushan of the Shulchan Aruch. And this is found in the Shulchan Aruch, Yerdeh, Hechaz Talmud Torah, Simen Reish Mem Vav, Sif Yud Aleph. When the Chavetz Chaim, uh, so as far as the, the Talmud Torah piece, it's a din in Talmud Torah. The Rebbe has a responsibility to let the individual know what's happening. When the Chavetz Chaim discusses this in the, the Ber Mayim Chaim, he's discussing a different issue. He's talking about the prohibition of speaking Lashon Hara after a person passes away. It's a fascinating issue in American law, whether there is a slander <coughs> after death. In Halach, of course, the answer is yes. So the Chavetz Chaim says you, you can't talk bad about people after they die, specifically uh, people in general, but specifically Tamidi Chachamim. Quotes from the Shulchan Aruch Yardeh, Reish Mem, Sif Yud Aleph. And then in the footnote, he says, if you can't speak bad about people behind their backs, you're not supposed to speak to them to their faces. So then he raises this Gemara. And how do we deal with it? So he explains that this was done privately, and also within the context of Hilchas Talmud Torah, it's in order to 
fix, if we could say, the Torah of the Talmud. The way I learned this from my Rebbe, and he didn't address this particular issue, is that what's the goal of a Rebbe? The goal of the Rebbe is not just to make someone feel good. Hopefully that's part of what the Masorah is, to make you feel connected. But ultimately, to get to the emiss of the Torah, and so that in your own Talmud Torah, you're being effective, especially if you're going to be a post especially if you're going to teach others. So sometimes the harshness is there, not for the purpose of being harsh, but in order to accomplish something positive at the end. Now, you have to know whether the Talmud could handle it. If the Talmud cannot handle it, then it's obviously going to be something destructive and you get into the Losano Ishasachiv, especially if you go beyond what the Chavetz Chaim is saying is happening in these Gemaras, beyond the individual, where this is happening in person, one-to-one, and if it's happening in front of a class, then you could get into bigger issues of Malbim Pnei Chaver Barabim. The point is not to apologize, but to show you how the Chavos Yair and eventually Revel Yashiv, they were so concerned about these Gemaras that they raised the question, and they're not just trying to find justifications, but trying to put it in the proper halachic uh, context. So that's one explanation. The other explanation, which I think is actually a fascinating uh, explanation, which the Chavos Yair makes, and what he does, he goes through every case, which we don't have time to do, now, is that sometimes a criticism is actually a compliment. You know, if a parent says to a child, you did something terrible, that's one way of educating. But maybe a more positive way of educating is, I expected better from you. You have such tremendous capacity, and you fell short, not just of my expectations, of how great you could be. So the Chavis Yair points out, discussing some discuss, the relationship between some of the Amorayim, that would be a possibility. A third suggestion that he gives is that sometimes we see these formulations as divre militza, rhetoric. The, these Amorayim didn't know that this was going to be published, or the Tanoyim didn't know this was going to be published in the Gemara. Maybe the message is you should always think that it's going to be published, but this is the way they spoke. It's a little bit of trash talk going on, it wasn't used in an offensive way. Again, you may like one answer better than the other, but these are uh, important formulations that are given. And again, the question is such a strong question that you're going to end up really, I think, with a machlokas, a debate, as far as the answers. What the Chavaz Yoyer tries to do is he has a more systematic approach where he breaks it into different categories. So he doesn't see this as a debate. And a fourth possibility the Chavis Yoyer raises in some of the particular cases is there's a greater value at play. So people from Bavel, some of the Amorayim, will be known as Bavliyim to try to reinforce that Eretz Yisrael is the Iker. And it wasn't just Eretz Yisrael, Tanayim, or, or in this case Amorayim, that were calling them. It's like I'd say to you, you know, we're Americans, we're from New Jersey. Understanding that there's a greater value somewhere else. But all of these approaches are trying to explain that obviously the go-to position in Dibor is to be extremely sensitive of another's feeling. Whether that person is a Rav, whether that person is, is a friend, whether it's a family member, we should keep in mind that all of these prohibitions relating to speech, Lashon HaRav, Lashon and so many others, 
they apply not just in the context of communal life, but they apply in the context of family life as well. The source in the Chavetz Chaim, the Ber Mayim Chaim, is Ches Chaf Gimel. I would encourage you to look at it as well. And the Pasuk that I was quoting before from Kohelas, Perak Tes Pasuk Yudzayin, of Dirich Hacham and Benachas Nishmayim. In the Chavos Yair, he goes through other teachings of Chazal that we are very much aware of, both as far as the the value, the educational value, only going to accomplish by speaking softly, that is the the asetov, but also the sor meira, the sor meira, from the many prohibitions of harsh language. One of the issues that's going to come up, a very important issue, starts being discussed here on our DAF, and we'll probably discuss this in much more detail next week, is in what situation where there's a prohibition associated with the relationship between a man and a woman, in what situation will the marriage still be chal? Which means that the relationship will be effective. The be a chalos, shame, kiddushin, nisuin, but they will still be, if we could say, living with a chet. A classic case today, and we're fast-forwarding to next week's discussion, but I want to use this to set up our next piece for today, is what happens if a Kohen marries a Grusha? If a man marries his sister, there's nothing. That's not called a marriage. It's not a halachic marriage. But we do know that there are Kohanim that are married to Grushos. Does that mean that the marriage is not a marriage? Or it's a marriage that has a sin in it? I'm using this to set us up today. And we'll, again, we'll get back to it next week. Is understanding the relationship between actions and sin. And sometimes what is the punishment because of the sin? So we have many losases are in the Torah. Not all losases are created the same, and the punishment isn't always the same for a losase. Not from a bezdin, and not bidei shemayim. The Rambam discusses in Hilchah Shagagos, Perak Aleph, I'm going to go through now a summary of Halacha Aleph through Gimel, where the Rambam makes a very general statement, as he often does in the first Halacha, Kola over if there was an action associated with the sin and the punishment was karis, then what happens if the person did this accidentally? And what the Gemara discusses on the top of the daf is you have this not only on an individual level, but you could have it from uh, an individual, but a special individual called a nasi, you could have a parhelam dover. The general principle is that if this sin would have generated, done purposefully, purposely, with mens rea, with full intent, would have been a chi of karis, if it's done accidentally, and we're not going to define accidentally right now, it doesn't mean you're pushed into the situation, then you're going to be kar, uh, chayev, uh, required to bring a karma chatos. Now, how does this apply, Bisman Hazeh, with different violations. Do we have to know 
when we accidentally do something, and again, an accident is not an ones, do we have to go through an analysis of knowing what's the nature of this prohibition? Forget about what we're going to discuss next week about whether the marriage works or not. But when a person does something on Shabbos, they forgot it was Shabbos and they turn on a light. That's a shogeg. Or they didn't know that you're not allowed to turn on a light, or open an umbrella on Shabbos. So what are we supposed to do? It's true that we have tshuva, but are we supposed to bring a karma khatas? We can't bring karma khatas, but what are we supposed to do about that karma khatas? So this ends up being a huge discussion. I discussed some of this last year in my Shabbos Shuvah Drasha because of a very fascinating Gemara, which is a Mesecha Shabbos Daf Yud Beis Amid Beis. And the Gemara there discusses how Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha made a mistake on Shabbos. He ended up doing one of the Malachos on Shabbos. Let's leave it at that. And he writes it down in a booklet. And he writes it down in the booklet because he says that in the future, when the Beis Hamikdash is rebuilt and Karbanos are going to be reenacted, not reenacted, reestablished, I'm going to have to bring a Karbanos. And I raised the question last year, what does this do with Tshuva? We like to think of Tshuva wiping out things from the past. This ends up being a major discussion. Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank, the great Rav in Yerushalayim, in the Shelos Chuvas Hartzvi Archaim Aleph Simon Aleph, says that every single day when we say the Pashas HaKarbanos, when we say Karbanos, doesn't mean, even though Chazal teach us in Tanis, as well as in Masechus Megillah, that if you learn about Karbanos, it's as if you're bringing it. That's not true. This Gemara that I mentioned from Masech Shabbos becomes one of the sources to support that eventually a person will have to bring the Karbanos. I discussed this once with uh, Rav Shechter's son, Rav Shai Shechter, who said that his father felt, feels that even on the positive side, some of the Karbanos, for example, when someone has a child, will have to be brought when the Beis Hamikdash is brought. So the purpose of raising this question in the middle of Masechus Yavamas, especially because of the Gemara on top with the Shogeg, is we have to really, according to this approach, keep track of our sins, have a little booklet, and even know what would be the punishment, B'day Shemayim, down here. What an intimidating approach. This discussion finds its way into the... One of the many, many svarim, Ruchaim Knievsky, Derech Sicha, in the Chuvas of Ruchaim Knievsky, finds its way into discussions of Rev El Yashiv and many others to understand that this is a debate that's actually ongoing, even amongst the poskim today. Will we have to bring the Karbanos in the future. The Sefer Chasidim says, Chasidim Harishonim Hayikosvim Beigros Avanaseim. The Sefer Chasidim implies, this is in Simon Chafalov, that it's Amidas Chasidus, which actually raises a number of questions. We're not giving a whole shear now on Karbanos, but you can't just bring a Karban on, uh, maybe I have to bring the Karban, like as an Adava. 
a major discussion. You can look in the Shalos Tshuvas Chasam Sofer, Chelik Beis, Simon Kufnun Hey. I mention all of this just like the first part of the year I connected to the three weeks because we are yearning to have connection to the Beis Hamigdash. During these three weeks, we're not just mourning, but we're hoping to get closer. It's a wonderful opportunity to learn the halachas of the Karbanas. When you see in the Gemara, a shogek, chatas, karas, even later, we talk about a megadev, to realize that these are not categories just from the past, but for the present and Bezos Hashem for the very near future. Have a great week of learning.